On the block, on demand. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a miss! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And a celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Road. Her on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, via the ESPN app. All great ways to take in the show, but the, the best way, bang for your buck, baby. And it's not even a bang for your buck because it's free. So there you go. What value we present to you at twitch.tv slash Talk. Hello, Twitch friends. And what you do when you dial in that uh, website on the Internet, because they have the Internet on computers now, is you see literally the show. We're here. Hello. The inner sanctum, the studio, all the craziness, hijinks and tomfoolery that occur here in these studios. So you get to see my smiling face. And critique my outfit. You get a live chat. You can opine as much as you want. Get in there and chat with me, chat with the fellow chatters and everybody in the chat room. So great live chat, always a lively discussion there. What you also get is bonus programming because when the radio side goes to commercial breaks, we keep the mics on at twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You get your own content, your own discussions. I keep the mics on during breaks, and we, you know, we just, we hang. So please, if you haven't, give it a try. Hang there at twitch.tv slash Talk. But as they say on those late-night infomercials, which my mother orders from to this day, wait, there's more. Because tonight, Syracuse plays Miami. As you know, we're going to discuss that game certainly throughout the program today, including with our friend Mike Waters, who's going to join us for his Tuesday visit here. On the Block, ESPN Radio, presented by DVOffers.com. I'll certainly have some thoughts about not only that game during the show, but I will be hosting Syracuse basketball pregame tonight at 6 o'clock, leading right up until tip time. So we got plenty of time to get you ready for that game. But what's happening during the game is the latest in our Syracuse basketball watch parties. And those happen at twitch.tv slash Talk. And what you get is live analysis from Syracuse greats as the game happens. So join our friend Nico Tamarian from CNY Central and Syracuse legend, Syracuse Center, half of the Louie and Bowie show, folks. Roosevelt Bowie and Nico are going to hang tonight on Twitch. It'll be interesting, as always, to get perspective from Rosie because he knows hoops, but particularly 
Yeah, Syracuse is kind of lacking a true presence in the paint other than Quincy Garrier, of course. They're struggling on the rebounding. And a lot of the things that Syracuse is struggling with, and we'll see if that continues tonight against Miami, which is an interesting team and an interesting matchup for Syracuse. I don't think it'll be quite as big of an issue as it was against Carolina and Pitt. As a matter of fact, that's kind of my biggest question going into this game. But don't get my analysis. Get Rosie. Well, you can get my analysis. We would appreciate that. But get better analysis. How about that? From Rosie Bowie tonight with our friend Nico Tamari, and it's all happening at twitch.tv slash Talk. I told you you get your bang for your buck at that website. Okay. What we got lined up for you? We told you Mike Waters is coming up. My good friend, Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio is going to join us right here in this hour. WGR, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Looking forward to having Sal on to talk Bills and Chiefs. Latest on the AFC Championship game. Uh, We still don't know as of today if Patrick Mahomes is going to play in that game. I think it's a safe bet he will, but he's going through uh, protocols. There's a lot of reports out there that what he had, what happened on Sunday, was not a concussion by definition, but it's still going through the protocols. He's playing on Sunday. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. Patrick Mahomes will be on the field against the Buffalo Bills Sunday, 640 kickoff. Don't forget, you can hear the game, I believe, right here on ESPN Syracuse, but also on our friends on K-Rock, who carry uh, the Buffalo Bills throughout the season. He's playing. So we're going to preview that game as if Patrick Mahomes is playing with our buddy Sal Capaccio. We will do that. Hot takes on the way. Boy, just when you think the Mets are escaping the dark cloud that they sit under, I've really let's say, interesting scandal emerges, but the Mets handled it briefly, quickly, and in the right way for once, right? Like a scandal emerges that is not good, but when you look at it, it's it's understandable why the Mets didn't know about what happened with their general manager. His previous employer, the Cubs, didn't know either. And now that we've got the details of the story of via Syracuse alum Jeff Passan and they're disgusting, and the Mets did the right thing. But people are saying, how could you not know this? Don't you vet these things? It's like, well, in this case, you kind of understand why we didn't know until the details of the story came out. But the Mets handled it the right way. We will get into that. I could have some uh, SU lacrosse news for you today. I think uh, the schedule is imminent. I don't know when Syracuse is going to choose to release the Syracuse men's lacrosse schedule, but a lot of details are starting to fill in on that. So we will discuss all of that coming up. But you know what we're going to start with today? We are going to start with Syracuse women's basketball because they played at 12 o'clock. Many of you, I'm sure, listen to the game right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. It was also on the ACC Network. And uh, highlights plenty for sure in a big win, a nice win. 88-76, the final score is the Orange take down North Carolina at the Dome. Tiana, big three out of Deja Kelly. Now Lewis fires away. Now Lewis, the senior, getting over to Engsler, thought about it. Now does pull the trigger. Some players that have been in the pit. Tiana from three. Good response by the Orange. Monacahia with the drive and the dish. Nice bounce back game for Watts. Now three of four from three-point range. Lewis answers. Because of Tiana Mungukahia. Oh, that's a sweet cut. And 
Tonga Kahia with her second straight double-double, 19 points, 13 rebounds. Kiara Lewis with 23. First time since 2011 that three players had a double-double in a single game for Syracuse. You heard Tiana Mangakaya mention there, 19 points, 13 assists. She's picking up right where she left off, and she was struggling a little bit before the big break because Tiana had a foot injury, and then Syracuse goes on this long pause. They come out of the pause. They decimate Miami. Two days ago, 99-64, they beat North Carolina today, and they get number one Louisville on Thursday. So a busy, busy stretch here for Syracuse women's basketball. But after that layoff, well, what layoff? They they are white hot coming out of a 28-day layoff. So we mentioned Tiana Kiara Lewis with 23 points. That is a backcourt that can match up with almost anybody in college basketball, and we're going to find that out Thursday because Louisville's the number one team in the country and they've got a hell of a backcourt, too. LaChina Robinson and, and Pam Ward, who you heard on the call there on the ACC Network, were discussing that during the game and starting to preview that matchup a little bit. So that backcourt, particularly in the fourth quarter, just absolutely dominant. And there were times Tiana would carry the ball up and times when uh, Kiara would carry the ball. Remember, she had to run the point last year when Tiana was out. So just a terrific combination from those two. Syracuse shot 67% in the fourth quarter. I believe they only allowed North Carolina to score I think it was like nine points in the last ten minutes of the game. Priscilla Williams uh, Priscilla Williams, pardon me, comes off the bench. She has 11 points and nine rebounds. So you almost had four players with a double-double for Syracuse. Emily Anksler 11 points, 13 rebounds on the day. But the player that really brings it all together and I just don't want to automatically say Boy, the men's team could use this because the women deserve their own spotlight, their own discussion, because, look, they're good, they're fun, and that's been missing. Again, I don't want to just make this an automatic comparison of the men's team, but frankly, the men's team hasn't been fun to watch in style of play at times this year and last year and the year before that. The women's team is, they're up and down the court, they fire up threes left and right, which, by the way, can work against you. You live and die by the three. There was a couple games earlier this year where, they could not hit water if they fell out of a boat and it hurt them, right? They're aggressive on defense. It's just the style of play is is pleasing. And generally, they're a high-scoring team, and you get in a game like this with Carolina, it was it was great to watch. But the player that really – and that's a lot of talent. And there's players off the bench. We mentioned Priscilla. There's a couple names I haven't mentioned here. This is a deep team. They answer almost everything you need on the court. And you can't help but just be – drawn to Camilla Cardoso, who comes in as, if not the highest-rated recruit in Syracuse women's basketball history, she's definitely up there. I believe she is the highest-rated recruit. If not, she's certainly top three. 16 rebounds. She just vacuums up rebounds. 6-7. She's a freshman. You can tell at times, particularly on the defensive end and speed of the game, getting the ball going up with it quickly. She's still raw in some ways, is still kind of developing. you got to be fair about those young players that have to come around here. But, man, she is just, you can't keep your eyes off her. What a player that Syracuse is. And we're talking about a bunch of other players that are All-Americans, Tiana and Lewis, who are in the category for their respective awards for best in the country. This is a talented team. It's a fun team. And Thursday is going to be a real interesting litmus test. You're playing the best team in the country. It's a primetime game, 9 o'clock, real showcase game. And 
this team hit a roadblock, as we mentioned, had some injuries before the break, but Tiana's healthy now. Emily Angsler had some issues with breathing in the last game before they went and paused. She had to leave the game. She was having trouble breathing, but that appears to be behind them. Coach Q was saying the other day before they played today that health-wise they're good, and boy, they just roared out of that break. It's funny how certain teams go into a break, and you can tell there's rust there. Other teams come out of the break like they were shot out of a cannon. It's just it's hard to figure out. You, you can't really tell how teams are going to react to that. But a fun game, a high-scoring game, and this is going to be a, a, LaChina Robinson who calls the games for ESPN, ACC Network, and, and our other uh, networks. She said before the season started, and we're going to have her on the show at some point, maybe this week, next week, sometime soon, but she said this is a sneaky team, Syracuse, that could get into the Final Four. And Kelly Gramlick, who you know from the show, we have Kelly on a lot when Syracuse plays Clemson. She does... Uh, radio in Clemson, but Kelly is also an ACC Network analyst. We were tweeting a little bit today after the game, and she really likes this team. Is very high on this team, and it's there's something brewing there. So keep an eye. Many of you do already. You don't need me to nudge you, but if you if you're not, it, it's time to get on board because this team they could be onto something. So on that note, we switch gears over to the men's side of things, and we're going to talk about them plenty uh, throughout the night with Mike Waters on pregame later and throughout the show. My question is, will Syracuse get a little bit of a break in what has ailed them? Now, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul in a way because Syracuse might get a break from a team that just absolutely thrashes them inside. It's not to say Miami doesn't have some players in the paint that Syracuse is going to have to be aware of. They do. Nice year, Brooks, 240 pounds, Near seven feet. He's averaging about seven points, seven rebounds per game. Don't lose track of him. Don't let him draw you into foul trouble. And that's a guy that Miami could feed and and at least make Syracuse dedicate resources to. But the guy coming in, you got to keep your eyes on. And Miami's a weird team. They're six and six. They're two and five in the ACC, but in the world of what have you done for me lately? They just beat Louisville. Ranked Louisville team. Now, Louisville lost again last night, so the Cardinals have gone into a bit of a slide. They've lost two games in three days. But Miami went into that Louisville game Saturday, their last game. They were down to seven scholarship players. And all Isaiah Wong did was just dominate. One of the best individual performances in the ACC this season. He scores 30 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Now, the thing you got to be concerned about if you're serious is, so you had one player dominate. Pitt had a few guys dominate, but namely Justin Champagny. Now, Champagny is not the same player as Wong. Wong is a backcourt guy. So we've talked so much about the struggle Syracuse has had on backcourt defense. So who and how they guard him is going to be something to watch. The other thing that really jumps out to me about why Louisville lost to Miami was big individual performance, and they hit a rut in three-pointers. They went, Louisville, 3 of 20 against Miami from three-point range. Does that sound familiar? Because Syracuse went 3 of 22 against Pitt. Now, again, Miami and Pitt are different teams, different philosophies. But what is the same is dominant player 
And if you don't hit your threes, you're going to be in trouble. And they do, as we mentioned, have a player in the paint that you can't ignore. Is Miami a team Syracuse can beat? Yes. Is Miami a team theoretically Syracuse should beat? Absolutely. But there's a lot of things up for discussion with Miami tonight. It's a great bounce-back opportunity for Syracuse because the schedule after that, as we have noted, is brutal. A lot of top 50 Ken Palm games, a lot of top ACC teams. Virginia Tech's around the corner. Virginia's around the corner. This Louisville team's had a bit of a rut right lately, but, you know, that's not a team you take lightly by any stretch of the imagination. They're down the road here. Starting tonight, four of your next five games are at home, and Miami is the lowest-rated team amongst them. So Syracuse, you know, coaches say this all the time. It's not about them. It's about us. This kind of feels like one of those games. You play your game. You bounce back from some of the things that have ailed you against a team you can do it against. You got to get right as a team. You got to get Buddy and Joe in sync hitting threes. You, when Kadari Richmond gets his opportunities, has to lead the way, facilitate, and settle down and do what he does well. You, as Syracuse, have to keep Marek Dolzhai out of foul trouble. Let Quincy Gary just get out of his way. Quincy's just one of those guys, like, get off the, the tracks or the train's going to hit you at this point. I think he'll, he'll continue his streak tonight, though. More teams are going to focus on Quincy and put him at the foul line. But he's been just terrific as of late. I'm, there's a guy I'm not worried about. Alan Griffin coming off 28 points. I don't think anybody's expecting that again. But you want that same type of player. You want that same type of aggression. You want the guy that was in the paint a lot, taking that jump shot at the free throw line, not afraid to challenge defenses a little bit, right? It's a get-right game. It's a bounce-back game for Syracuse. It's a team they can beat. You, take, you don't take anybody lightly on your schedule, particularly with, you know, they're feeling it right now. They're feeling it after that game. But the thing I circle with a red pen was Louisville went 3 of 20 from three-point range. I think if Syracuse, and one would think they'll be better than 3 of 22 from three-point range. But what is a trend now is that this team is not – consistent from three-point land. They get up around eight or nine threes. Combined with everything else that I said, and you know, every game tells a different tale, but avoid some of the things that plagued them against Carolina and Pittsburgh. Cut back on the second-chance opportunities. Rebound better. This is a game you win. So we'll get more into that as we go here. But this is an opportunity to get right, to play better, take advantage of your home court. I know Miami is feeling it after what happened. They've got a couple of terrific players. Jim Laranag is a good coach. But this is a game, by all accounts, feels like you got to win. I'm not going to label it a must win. We're not in that category yet. But it's a get right. You match up well with. You got to win this kind of game. Take advantage of all the things that go your way. We will discuss that more as we go forward. Here this afternoon, we mentioned, though, we got a couple of great guests joining us, including our friend Sal Capaccio, Syracuse grad, now on the beat for your Buffalo Bills. He will join us next. Patty Mahomes is playing in this game. I mean, come on, he's playing. So we will have that discussion with Patrick Mahomes, with Patrick Mahomes, pardon me, at quarterback with Kansas City Bills Chiefs as we head towards the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game this weekend as well. Sale will have some thoughts on that, and I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on Cuse. He always does. Hey, the Sabres even looked good last night. How about that? Did the Bills grab some skates and some sticks and some uniforms and play as the Sabres last night? Because they throttled the Flyers. Uncle Brent was really happy to see that. 
So is Uncle Brent's fantasy team. Because I know you guys care about my fantasy hockey team. But I will not bore you with those details. We'll just break, come back, and talk to our good friend Sal Capaccio. You're on the block ESPN Radio, twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. I looked it up during the break. Uh, thanks to our friend Mike Waters, as always, for joining us. Uh, the last time that Syracuse gave up that many points in the second half of a game, Mike mentioned the game in, I believe, 96. West Virginia did it, but the other team on that list is Navy. 1986 NCAA tournament, and this was when home games were allowed in the NCAA tournament. So Syracuse plays Navy, and David Robinson the future number one pick in the NBA draft, which I don't believe, no, it was not that, it was the next year, right? Wasn't he the number one pick in 87, if I'm not mistaken? Because I think the number one pick in 86 was Brad Doherty. I don't want to keep Googling all this stuff, but here's what I do know. I found the box score. Pearl had 28 points in that game, which ended up being his last game in a Syracuse uniform, ended up going into that 86 draft. So Pearl leads the way with 28 points. Wendell Alexis with 19. Raphael Addison at 11 points that day. Greg Monroe with 15 off the bench. And, of course, this is the team that beforehand was the next season went to the Final Four, right? So it's the 86-87 Orange team that went to the Final Four. This is the end of the 85-86 season. Yes, Robinson, the number one pick in 1987. Thank you, Jordan, for looking that up. Just wanted to make sure. So that's pretty good, right? Yeah, David Robinson had 35 points in that game. Vernon Butler for Navy had 23. And, again, I, I was saying it to Mike, not to have like a, hey, hey, back in my day, kids, kind of moment here. But I was a tad younger at the time. I was eight, okay? So, but I remember it distinctly. And that, that's a, the age when, like, it's not just, hey, I want to go to games because, I get popcorn and hey, there's Otto and it's fun. Like I was starting to get into sports. And I remember walking out of that game. I distinctly remember this. And my father was just like, Brett, listen, once in a while, you're going to run into better players. That guy that we saw play tonight is going to be a star player in the pros, like a star. And I just always remember like that was the moment we were like introduced to David Robinson, dominant Hall of Fame player. Unbelievable. But, yeah, 65 points in the second half. That was uh, what was the final score of that one? We pulled up here. 97-85. Crazy. And then that uh, next year's team goes on to the Final Four. Now, as far as this team and what they've got to do against Miami, well, defend better is number one. When you're coming off a game as described by the head coach as one of the worst defensive performances you've ever seen, well, uh, I guess you got nowhere to go but up. You know, they got it inside too easily. Um, when they missed, they got it and put it back. Um, but it was, you know, really every position struggled. The forward position struggled. The guard every position. We struggled at every position defensively. Um, really the whole 
second half, a little bit in the first half, but the whole second half. Uh, just complete team breakdown defensively. That's Jim uh, Beheim after the pit game on Saturday. Uh, certainly, I think you have the opportunity to rebound better in this one, but it's the same thing he said there defensively. There are certain things within your control. There are certain things that are not. What's within your control is is how hard you go after rebounds, the energy, the footwork, the pacing, the ball movement on offense. Like you can do those things. Oh, you can always do those things better. But sometimes you just don't have the players. Now, Mike and I were just discussing this in the last segment. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul in a way. These are not instant solutions. And here's where if our good friend Pat in Syracuse is listening, he will uh, shake his fist at the radio or get in the Twitch chat and tell me how right or wrong I am about this. And I see the phone ringing, so maybe that's Pat right there. He believes like a, a backcourt at times when Buddy struggles of Joe and Kadari would work better. Like he's convinced of it. Like he's seen the future and, and they need to do this. And that might be the case. But Mike and I were just going over some things like why is Jesse, why isn't, I guess, the better question, Jesse Edwards ready to give you eight to ten minutes, whatever, whatever the number is. How is he not developed to the point where he can give Marek some relief at that position? Why is John Bull too small when he bigger than Marek matches up with Marek in a lot of ways? Can you move? I mean, Quincy is just in such a rhythm that you don't want to mess with what he's doing, but you're going to get to the point where you do have to start mixing things up and getting creative if what is happening is not working. Now, is Miami a team that you want to reach into your bag of tricks against? I don't know. But you don't want to come out of this game 1-4 and four in the ACC and losing four or five games, particularly with the stretch coming up where every game you play, I think at this point is top 70 Ken Palm, and a lot of those are in the 30s and like big, meaty, quality wins, which it's going to get, it's going to get late early if you don't start winning some quality games on your schedule. Okay, It's late January. And before you know it, it's going to be uh, Joe Lenardi time on my TV telling me all about who's on the bubble and who's not. Syracuse isn't even on the bubble right now. The NCAA putting out the dates, by the way, tentative dates, as you would imagine, for the tournament. And it's pretty much online to be the normal dates in the, in the normal run of when the tournament is, when the Final Four is, and we'll see if they, they hold on that. I don't know what their hurry is. If things continue down this road and there's enough delayed games, I think you could push it back a little bit, particularly with the whole thing happening in and around Indianapolis. But as of now, they're like, forging ahead, let's do this. So if the schedule remains on track, you didn't have the non-conference opportunities, but you do have plenty of ACC quality win opportunities. That is not matching up with how you're playing as a team right now. Miami is a team, look, Isaiah Wong, 30 points, six assists, seven rebounds, the backcourt is struggling defensively. That's a guy you can't let go off tonight. You got to hit better from the three-point line. That's obvious when you're three of 22 in the last game. But that's not just citing the pit game. That's a trend. This team's not shooting well from three-point range, period. So when do you start saying, well, Jesse might not be ready, but Jesse's got to give him a rack some relief out there. You don't take Alan Griffin out of the last game because he's rolling offensively. But when do you say, I need defense I need size. Braswell's got to play in that spot for this stretch of time. When do you say, again, you got, you got to look at this thing and say, what can I do differently? Let's go back to the phones here. We were talking about that uh, 86 game, Pearl, 
David Robinson, who knew what we'd be seeing walking in that day. Uh, Kevin and Cortland wanted to discuss that here on the block. Hey, Kevin, Brett, can you hear me bud? all right? What's up, bud? How are you? Hey, good. Long time. I haven't talked to you in a bit. Uh, just wanted to, you know, remind everybody uh, a couple of things. One is, remember, uh, Syracuse played Navy earlier in the season that year and kind of destroyed him. I don't remember uh, that. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. Yeah, because that was the thing. It was a surprise that Navy uh, beat Syracuse. And, and here's the other thing. You mentioned that, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament, Syracuse was able to play on their home court. Well, but the game was blocked out locally. That's right. Because yeah. of that. And, but they kept cutting in. We, you could watch almost the whole game because CBS or whoever it was was like, you know, this is unbelievable. It's upset at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse, you know. <laughs> and so it's a, just a horrible, painful memory that you guys bring up every couple of years. And, that, and I'm older than you, so it's hard for me to live through that again. But You know I what just, I don't uh, remember, Kev? I can look it up here. But do you know offhand what, what seed was Syracuse in that tournament? Do you no, remember that? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that. I'd have to look that up. But I mean, they were a good team, obviously. But it was all setting up that next year, which turned out all right, besides one little shot in New Orleans. But we won't go down that painful road. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for the note there. I had forgotten that they had played earlier that season. Good stuff on that. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll certainly continue the discussion of leading into tonight's game. Pre-game coming up at 6 o'clock, so a lot more insight of building into Syracuse and Miami. Don't forget our Twitch watch party tonight. Roosevelt Bowie's hanging with our boy Nico Tamurian at twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Get instant, as-it-happens analysis from Roosevelt Bowie. What does he see? What can Syracuse do to improve in some of the weak areas they have in the paint right now? We'll go on the blind side when we return. We've got still plenty to do on this Tuesday night on the block, ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.